the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sensible business talk for the corner office CEO and the blue-collar worker. This is the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. A federal appeals court temporarily allowing the nation's toughest abortion law to resume in Texas. Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals handing down the order Friday night, one day after a lower court in Austin had sided with the Biden administration and suspended the Texas law. New York Times issuing a massive correction over COVID hospitalizations. Now, the paper had initially reported, quote, 900,000 children have been hospitalized with COVID since the pandemic began. Now, the actual date in the now-corrected version is that 63,000 kiddos were hospitalized with COVID from August of 2020 through this month. This is SRN News. Salmon fish, salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you, too, can serve part-time in the community you love, visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Meet Tim. Hey, what's up? He's the person you hired for your digital marketing strategy. And when he's done battling aliens on his PS5 in his parents' basement, I'm sure he'll get right to work. Now, meet the team at Salem Surround. What's up? Over 200 digital media strategists with all the current digital tools, resources, and training bringing your business the real results you need. These are the people who are passionate about your marketing success and will work 24-7 to deliver customers to you and your business. So, Tim. Yes, level 12. I'm going to be here all night. Or the team at Salem Surround. Why trust your digital marketing to one person when you can hire a whole team? nationwide exposure, experience, and expertise. Let our team of experts focus on your digital marketing strategy so you can focus on your business. It's an easy decision. To learn more about Salem Surround, call 651-289-4418. 651-289-4418. Brighten someone's day with the free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Is it his time? Yes! 
Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, Hour 2 of Job Saturday. Oh, they took our jobs! And you are listening to, uh, you, if you missed the first hour, first of all, go back to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and, and play that for yourself. Okay, you have to join the VIP club. It's free. They, they send you a couple emails once in a while. They don't send them too often. But in return for that, you get to listen to the, the podcast that you can listen to the King Banyan Show or all the other great shows here on uh, the Biz 1440 anytime you want. Download them on your phone or your or if you have a player or your iPad, you can just listen to them at work. You can do whatever you like, whenever you like. Um, I love that about ever since I ever since I had my first VCR, it's like I control time again. I can now decide when I want to listen or watch something. That's awesome. Um, so I, uh, I I highly recommend it. But if you listen to that, you'll you'll if you if you missed it, you missed hearing me read numbers to talk about some of the impacts of the jobs report uh, from funny seasonal adjustments in the uh, not funny but but seasonal adjustments that really changed what we saw in the data. And it's kind of, I think, emblematic of the theme of this hour, which is which is, COVID has changed what equilibrium is, right? COVID has changed what, what equilibrium is. And I want to get at this in a, in a couple of ways. So I'm going to, I'm going to play some c- clips for you. And then I'm going to talk my way around, talk my way around this particular bit bit okay um and it's going to take me a little time and if you're expecting that today i'm going to hammer on anything to do with the fed probably not i got about 30 seconds that i'm saving for the last segment that i'm going to that that uh will give you a hint for what i'd like to talk about with you next week on the show i'm gonna i promise you monetary policy is going to get get time but there's too much happening there's too much happening and too much i think People, I mean, my reaction yesterday, reading all of the all of the blog posts and quotes in the paper. I was reading some quotes at the at the end of the last uh, during the last period. Let me let me go and find some more of these quotes. Um, and I was going to talk about some of them. Let me save that one still. Um, Delta effects. This is Rubila Faruqi at High Frequency Economics, uh, uh, a forecasting shop. Uh, out in Wall Street, Delta effects persisted. Yeah, Delta effects persisted into September and likely weighed on labor supply. Overall, the labor market is on a gradual recovery path, even as supply shortages remain a constraint. I don't even know what to make of that particular quote. That was one. I did like the. Uh, I read this during the first hour. I'll read it again from uh, Indeed. Nick Bunker. This year has been one of the one of false dawns for the labor market. Demand for workers is strong. Millions of people want to return to work, but employment growth has yet to find its footing. Yet, we've had 
significant increases. There's been a 10% increase in wages at, at hotels and in leisure and hospitality. There have been significant increases in lots of places, double the normal rate of wage increases. All right. So why is it that we're not seeing the hiring? Well, we had one suggestion that it could be bottlenecks. I'm going to replay this cut as well to just reset this. This is Peter Quigley yesterday. Peter Quigley is the chief executive officer for Kelly Services, a, temp help, a temporary help agency. And he's, he's, telling, he's talking about the issues regarding labor supply at this moment. Cut number seven, please, Sean. We, we are seeing strong demand across all of the industries uh, that we support, even if there might be some softness in the jobs report in construction and manufacturing. That's probably due to the chip shortages as opposed to any slackening in demand. Um, so we think the challenge in the uh, economy right now is finding enough people to put to work uh, in in these jobs where there is so so much demand. And, and that's really the challenge that we have and have to figure out. I was struck by the labor force participation rates because all of the decline is due to women leaving the workforce. And that's got to send a signal that uh, we have an issue with likely childcare uh, that we've got to resolve if we're going to improve the labor force participation rate and get women back into the workforce. Well, that's what I want. And, that, and also on CNBC, earlier, in an earlier segment, Nella Richardson, chief economist for ADP, the payroll processing company, had this to say, cut number three. We shouldn't forget that in September of last year, women left the workforce at four times the rate of men. And so those bottlenecks in childcare are still there. And I, I do think we need to kind of rephrase um, how we're thinking about supply and demand to pick up on Kate's point earlier. What we see is job openings and we see hires. But there are 10 to 15 steps in between, between a job posting and a hire. And at each step along that way, there's a bottleneck. And there is a huge logistics problem underway in the labor market. I actually don't agree with that. I don't think the logistics problem is the problem. I don't think the issue is, is I, I don't think it's that big an issue um, in getting people processed. Certainly not at these levels. If we were trying to hire a million people a month for six to eight months, eventually HR offices around the country would just choke on the volume. But we had two, three, four months of that. And the hiring seemed to move apace. We're seeing the wage increases and so forth. But I think what really caught me on this was um, uh, Larry Summers last night on Bloomberg, uh, uh, the station that you hear frequently here on the Biz 1440, was talking about was talking about um, where where the, the same sort of thing that the economy itself is strong. No one should take the 194 number and say, oh, the recovery is weak, and so numbers be down. Look, this these numbers are bad in terms of if you're trying to forecast third quarter GDP, this tells me third quarter GDP is going to be a pretty weak number. It's probably going to be, my guess is it'll still keep a two-handle, but given that we thought it might run at 7 to 8% back in July, backing off to a 2% gain, is really significant. Okay? 
But why is that happening? Okay? I think, you know, why is that happening? Does it indicate we have a soft economy? No, I don't think it does at all, and neither does Summers. Cut number one, please, Sean. We got a lot of demand. We don't have so much supply. That's why the unemployment rate came down more than people expected. That's why the wage growth was much higher than uh, people expected. We don't have a soft economy in terms of demand. We have more of a more damage to people's willingness to work <laughs> than people expected a few months ago. The problem is that this points in favor of uh, the inflationary di- diagnosis. Look, average hourly earnings this week, this month, rose at a 7.5% annual rate. That's not consistent with any reasonable theory of inflation. And with the unemployment rate lower and falling, it may even get the situation may even get worse. One of the most fundamental parts of teaching economics at beyond the first year level. In the first year of my teach in my first year class when I teach macroeconomics, I spend very little time actually talking about labor supply. I tell them there's labor supply, it's because of households making the choice to work and gain income or to accept leisure, and based on that statement, they, make, they do this. There's clearly the opportunity cost of leisure is, an, is, is, an hour, is your hourly wage, and so when wages are higher, people work more and leisure less. Um, I used to talk about backward bending supply curves and the fact that when people with very high incomes, when you give them greater, a higher wage, they sometimes decide that they'll, they like higher income, but it's not going to make them work more. They'll actually consume some of that higher income in the, in the form of greater, greater leisure. So dentists decide to take Wednesday afternoons off so they can go play in the golf league. Um, and that's, that's a pretty common, that's a pretty common feature. Okay, when I'm in um, the intermediate course with my juniors or if I'm teaching the first year graduate course, we spend a significant amount of time talking about the impact of the the economy on a very fundamental question. What is the marginal rate of substitution between an hour between a dollar of income and leisure? What is the rate at which you're willing to make that trade? That is one of those base numbers, those base, uh, I, I, I hesitate to use, use jargony words, but we would call that a parameter, and we call that a deep parameter of an economy. When that changes, when something happens that causes that willingness of individuals to change fundamentally how they choose when they're going to retire, how much they're going to work, how much leisure they're going to have, would they, how much would they be willing to sacrifice to be able to work from home rather than go to an office? When those things fundamentally change, the changes in the economy can be profound. And we do some, out, we do some small examples of that. I talk about the shock that happened. I, I love talking about post-World War II economy because the shocks to the economy at that time are so profound um, I don't need to talk about fractions and say, well, that fraction is really important. No, I can show them whole number, whole number changes. And, you know, you know, 
ten, you know, a whole order of magnitude greater than what I normally get, you know, if I only look at the at the economy from 1960 forward. Um, so I can do that, and and I think Summers is thinking that through here in the form of of really thinking about what's happened to those deep parameters when when he says this, and he goes even further. Play this. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna run a little long. Play cut number two, please, Sean. We've got interest rates way below their neutral level. The Fed thinks the neutral level of interest rates, like two and a quarter percent, they've got interest rates close to a half percent. They've got interest rates close to zero. And I think, given the vast structural changes underway after COVID, we've probably got unemployment below the natural or neutral rate of unemployment. And that's just not a combination that adds up to anything other than taking a big risk on uh, the inflation side. So I'm pretty concerned about where we are. And I am, too. I mean, and, and I'll, I'll I'm, we're, hold on to that, Sean, because I'm going to play that again in the next segment. But my point is something fundamental has happened. You can call it scarring. You can call it uh, COVID shock. You can call it mismanagement of the economy. And I always thought, you know, the very little I want to say about politics right now, I always thought whoever was the president in 2021 was going to have some challenges that we can't foresee because something was fundamentally changed as a result of this particular uh, COVID shock. Um my argument is 1919 is a pretty good comparison, and you had a pretty sharp recession right after the COVID shock. We haven't had it yet. Is there still an adjustment to happen at some point? I think it's out there. I think the difference between then and now is back then we had a, we had a little baby fed that had just been born six, seven years before and didn't understand the tools of monetary policy it had at its disposal. Now we've got a big grown-up Fed that is changing things dramatically. See, I guess I will talk a little bit about the Fed. If you like that stuff, stick around. More after this, King Bang's show, The Biz, 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This entertainment answer brought to you by Exergen. When I say it's bread week, do you immediately know what I mean? Then like me, you must be a fan of The British Baking Show, which kicked off a brand new season on Netflix September the 24th. You can watch Paul, Prue, and the crew for new episodes each Friday, or wait and binge them all in one yummy session. My favorite thing about this show is the bond between contestants and the encouragement that they give each other. All for that coveted cake stand and maybe a handshake from Paul. It's The British Baking Show on Netflix. For more news, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Want to learn a new language so it will actually stick? Try Babbel. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people, so everyone can get the help they need. Review words and phrases with fun games, or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning style, Babbel gives you the tools you need. Babbel. 
more ways to learn. Start learning a new language today at Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. At a time when misinformation is all too common on social media, we take great pride in bringing you the news that matters, that impacts your family, news you can trust. Local broadcast journalists bring you the facts, covering the stories breaking in our community and across the globe. Text RADIO to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on local journalism. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Many people are searching for the right 401k decisions within these crazy markets. Are you looking for a local community of investors with the right skills that could help build confidence? Make better financial decisions right here in the Twin Cities because you are the best steward of your own money. Call OTA today to learn more in our free introductory investing class, either in center or virtually at 952-814-4410, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. Your feet will stay warm in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store. Visit their Spring Lake Park location or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's mobile shoe service can bring the store to you. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Sunday morning ever, and Sunday pass on by. I'll be working here forever, at least until I die. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening on a job Saturday. Uh, wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Thank you, Sean. Great bumpers today. Um, I, I, we'll make sure we get this music. We have to get this music out to people so they can listen in the car as they bounce along uh, down the road. I am, I am talking about the jobs report, but I actually want to go back out to 30,000 feet with this for a while and think about something deeper. Uh, and I have to say, the la- this was like two minutes on uh, Wall Street Week last night on, on Bloomberg that I was watching. Because I always make sure, and luckily I, I have a subscription to Bloomberg, and so I can, I can pull out my quotes. I can just dive in and get the pieces I want. I don't listen to the whole show. But um, Larry Summers always gives me 10 good minutes, and he always gets 10 minutes of my time every Friday night. Uh, and And so... I I, I want to replay this clip for you as he as you think about what the economy uh, when, when, if you think about the status of the economy right now he says this about the natural rate of unemployment and I'm going to explain this okay this really feels like I'm doing classrooms work with you but I think it's important for you to understand what this quote means let's play the quote again cut number two please Sean we've got interest rates way below their neutral level. The Fed thinks the neutral level of interest rates like two and a quarter percent. They've got interest rates close to a half percent. They've got interest rates close to zero. And I think given the vast structural changes underway after COVID, we've probably got unemployment below 
the natural or neutral rate of unemployment. And that's just not a combination that adds up to anything other than taking a big risk on uh, the inflation side. So I'm pretty concerned about where we are. So what does this term mean that he uses, the natural or neutral rate of unemployment? Now, they actually, in my mind, are, he uses those terms as if they're interchangeable. I actually don't. Neutral rate of unemployment is something that gets used frequently by people who particularly are thinking of the old Phillips curve construction. Jack, go ahead. You can tweet it. It's, it's all right, buddy. Just just let it out. Um, I have a listen. Listener Jack always hates it whenever I mention the Phillips curve. But it still is a way in which a lot of people organize their thoughts. When I hear people use the neutral rate, what they mean is the is the is something that's often uh, used the acronym NARU, N-A-I-R-U, the non-accelerating inflationary rate of unemployment. Isn't that a mouthful? I've practiced, so I get to say it again. Non-accelerating inflationary rate of unemployment. It's the rate of unemployment at, rich, at which the inflation rate is not induced to either rise or fall. What he... That he used neutral makes me think that what he was trying to talk about, and you could hear it in the rest of his answer, was talking about the impact on inflation from what the Fed is doing right now. I, I told you I didn't want to talk much about the Fed, and I'm not going to. I'm going to pivot away from that because the natural rate of unemployment is to me a fundamentally different concept. That concept says... This is the rate of unemployment that would naturally happen when everybody was in an equilibrium. And what do I mean by that? Because normally equilibrium people think of as being like a point of a place of rest, a point to, uh, or a place to which the economy is attracted to and settles at. If you took your principles of economics course, somebody drew for you a supply and demand curve at some point. It's too long. It's two lines that cross and the point in the middle that will tell you that's equilibrium. That's where the market's going to go. That's a pretty simplified view of how the world works. In any economy, there are patterns of trade that are coming and going. There are, there are employment situations that, that work for a while and then don't work for a while. And don't work. And then people spin out and begin to start looking for another employment pattern that works. I was, I've been employed, you know, even though I tell people I've worked at St. Cloud State since 1984. I've been on, what it really means is I've been on the faculty since 1984. But I've been a state representative. I've been a visiting professor at other institutions. I've been an, an advisor to, to a central bank in a foreign country. I was a state representative for two years. In each case, I'm looking for some different place. I'm in transition. But in no time did I ever think to myself, I am out of whack. I am out of equilibrium. No, each point along the way was like, at this particular moment, this is, this is the arrangement that optimizes my ability to, to satisfy my own, my own plans. I like to tell people equilibrium means that people's plans are satisfied. That when I'm in equilibrium, the plan I have for how the world, how I interact with the rest of the economy 
is being fulfilled. At any point in time, there are people who are in job transition. There are people who who are searching because they want to search. There are people who have skills that don't fit the current market, and they're either stepping away to get those skills or have decided, I'm just not going to be bothered with that, and are somehow managing to live on the margins of society. We feel bad about that, but I do believe there's some of that that is, in fact, personal choice. And, and I know that annoys some people, uh, particularly those who are considered on the progressive side of the, of the, of the political spectrum, and it's like, fine, we, we can have that conversation. That's not my point today. My point is, I don't know for a lot of people that they're able to figure out what their plans should be in a world where they've experienced checks coming from government, uh, checks coming from government, in- interest rates around zero, COVID, um, schools not operating or schools maybe working sometimes, not working other times because some kids showed up with a positive COVID test. Okay. What does an equilibrium look like at that time? I think one thing it does is it makes people more willing to take an hour of leisure than work an hour. Why? Because I know the return on leisure and the return on work is now more uncertain. You get a higher wage, but you don't necessarily get more money. And I do think that there's some some pieces of the economy where where people are looking and say, well, there are other people that don't have to live with the uncertainty I do. I work in a university. I sit in an office. I'm looking across my office. It's about, my office is about uh, 10, by, 10 by 13 in size. It's a pretty good size office because I'm the dean. I get a bigger office than other people. Um, it's, a good, it's a good office. All right? I, close the, I can close the door, work, and I don't have to do anything. And most of the work I can do, I can do from home. I can operate my computer from, from another computer. From, from a laptop I keep in my home. They're connected. My son, the chef, doesn't have that opportunity. The person who works as an office manager for my pastor friend doesn't really have the ability to work remotely. They're too small an office to create that kind of infrastructure. Right? The job market has changed fundamentally in ways that we're still trying to figure out. So my question to people when they say, well, we're 7 million jobs short of where we should be if we had followed the CBO pattern, as Jason Furman put up on, uh, at the Peterson Institute, I'm like, what makes you think that economy still exists? That's a world that has no COVID. We left that world. We are not returning to that world. Okay? That, okay, the world... The world experiences shocks that create something that, that in the technical language we would call path dependence. A world in which COVID happens takes you onto a different growth path of an economy. And it might be an economy where the natural rate of unemployment is 5% rather than 3% or 3.5%. We were all shocked when the unemployment rate went to 3.5% back in, back in 2018 and 2019. And we're like, is this real? Are we over full employment? Well, we don't know. What I, what I think is pretty clear at this moment, and I agree with Summers on this, that the issue is that we don't have, 
we don't have that economy anymore, and we probably have an economy where the natural rate is higher than it was in 2019. Is it four and a half percent? Is it five and a half percent? Are we above or below full? Are we above or below full employment right now, or natural rate of unemployment? I don't know. Summers is speculating, and I'm speculating too. But I feel pretty comfortable in saying the natural rate of unemployment changed thanks to COVID. And I do think it's important that our leaders have that understanding as well. More after this, you're listening to The King Banging Show on The Biz 1440. It's a big job just getting by with nine kids and a wife. But I've been working, man, dang near all my life, and I'll keep on working. Long as my two hands are fit to use. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matamidai. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like... Uh, giraffe there were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it but there were other things that needed addressing and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and and doing some electrical and things like that all of which JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me it was an amazing transformation in fact my brother-in-law who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800 800- 
You need to save this list, Sean. I think this is now the Job Saturday list. Permanently. Ah, wonderful. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. What is the equilibrium rate of unemployment? We know it's greater than zero. We know it was... We know we had an unemployment rate below 4% that did not cause inflation to accelerate in 2019 and early 2020. And now we have the unemployment rate back to 4.8%. And Larry Summers, as we just listened to a couple times, say that the unemployment rate may be below what he sees being the neutral rate. He thinks it's something that can be inflationary. That's certainly not the advice coming from from the uh, White House. It's not the advice coming from the the more uh, liberal side of the perspect- of the, of the uh, uh, spectrum. Uh, on those sides, it looks like the issue is far more to do with um, uh, is far more to do with um, uh, um, with Delta itself. And so, let me play a couple of this. One, this is uh, the Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, um, who was on uh, who was on. I believe this was off. I think this was off CNBC. I'm, I can't remember who I got this from. Um, but uh, this is G- Gina Raimondo yesterday after the after the jobs report. So what I think is uh, the Delta variant is still making it a challenge. Not enough people. You know, we still have to get people vaccinated. Uh, I give a lot of credit to companies that are mandating vaccines. You see, in those instances, like United Airlines, they're looking for 2,000 flight attendants and they have 20,000 applicants because people want to work in places that are safe. And my big takeaway is that we have to make the investments President Biden wants to make in child care, in elder care. You want women to go back to work? They have to be able to send their kids to a high-quality, affordable place for child care. Yeah, that, enough of that. Um, okay, Gina Raimondo's a good politician. She comes back to uh, supporting the president's policies and and, and ties it to uh, the, the female piece. Um, and, uh, you know, it was... It, <laughs> this, I'm telling you, Sean, that was, that was like, oh my gosh, boy, do you know how to stay on, stay on script? That's fantastic. Um, and and I, it, it comes it, again. It comes as little surprise, but I think this is an interesting question. When I used to study the the, I used to do papers, and I, I've written a lot on central banks, as people know. But I'm also a I'm also frequently a, a writer in in the area of sports economics, and I wrote some papers on on uh, pay discrimination uh, and uh, discrimination generally against uh, uh, Latino and black ball players. And, and, you know, someone said, well, where's that discrimination come from? Is it the owners? The owners are awful people, right? Because everyone wants to do that story. I'm like, well, it could be them. But I remember reading papers where I remember reading a couple papers by some, uh, a friend of mine I know out in, out in Southern California. And her work was uh, studying not the players on the court. She was studying NBA. 
but the players on the bench that frankly the people you want to see it's a matter of what the customer wants the customer wants to see people that look like them so that so that teams that were in that had um had a higher uh, share of their population uh, as members of uh, racial and ethnic minorities would see on the bench of their teams people who look like them. I thought that was interesting too, but I'm also reminded of uh, Ty Cobb and the fact that he would not uh, Ty Cobb in baseball would absolutely positively at no point in time ever step onto a field that had a black ball player on it, and that some of it is that some of that. Some of that, uh, some of that uh, uh, discrimination that happened against against black ball players, against and to a lesser extent, uh, I think Latino ball players. Although if if the Latino was dark skinned, they were discriminated against. So there were Cuban ball players. Uh, go back to the 1920s, Martin DeHigo, who I'd argue is my argument for the Cuban Babe Ruth, probably the best ball player of, of the 20th century from Cuba. Um, with with all due respect to a lot of the Cuban players who are playing today, uh, but uh, back at that time, because he was darker skinned, he was banned from playing in the United States. And Ty Cobb was on a barnstorming tour through through Cuba because that's how ball players made money. U.S. ball players made money in the winter. They would go down into La- they'd go down into the Caribbean and they would play exhibition games against local teams for cash. But Ty Cobb would not, because that would mean he had to play. He had to play with uh, play against uh, black black skinned ball players, and that was that was objectionable to him. I'm reminded of that story because it makes me wonder: Do I choose not to go to work from some place because I'm worried that my coworkers are not vaccinated? Because that's Raimondo's story, and I found that interesting because I've seen a little bit of that in you know. There are, there are the teacher's problem that we've talked about, and it happens on college campuses too. There are professors who are convinced their students are going to give it to them. Um, and they're also probably worried that they've got coworkers that are going to give it to them. And so a lot of colleges are having vaccine requirements and so forth. It's an interesting question. I don't think that really puts the finger on the problem. Austin Goolsby who was uh, an economic advisor. In fact, I think, she, I think he was chair of the Council of Economic Advisors for President Obama, um, felt, uh, is also arguing that it's a demand problem and, and that, that, that there's a demand problem here. Let's play this, cut number four from CNBC yesterday. Yeah, maybe they saved the checks. Look, this, the savings rate did go up pretty substantially at, in the beginning of the pandemic, but the savings rate's been coming down pretty pretty rapidly. And we were hoping that that was going to lead to a consumption led boom, really. So I I still think that the the, until we can get control of the spread of the virus, we might have multiple months that are disappointing like this, because not just the logistics, which are problematic on a sort of a sector by sector basis, but overall demand. if people can't go out and spend, what you saw in the pandemic is periods like that are, are tough for the economy. Well, thank uh, the 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 question then is, if there's been a shift in the labor in the labor leisure trade off that people are willing to make, which I think Goolsby saying, and I think even Raimondo saying in a way, although 
she's using it specifically to deal with, with, with the female labor force issue. And it is true, right? I mean, that's a, that's a fact. Female labor force participation fell off at a much greater rate than male labor force participation. And it might be that, and it's interesting because people say, well, that just means men and women look at the, the, the impact of, of, of COVID differently. And it's like, yeah, except for the fact that COVID, the, the COVID statistics seem to indicate that uh, it's a more serious illness. When you get it, when, you, when you're symptomatic, the impact on males is greater than the impact on females, and particularly for males over, over 55, like me. Um, so I think, those are, I think those are the issues that are out there. That's certainly true. But what I, what I don't see having been considered yet is that it may have just changed our entire attitude vis-a-vis work. What if we just decided to change things? What if we've told what if some people said I'm either going to have one of those jobs where I can work for home or I'm just not going to work. Okay? Besides which, I can get that child care, I can get that child tax credit, I can get 3000 bucks per child off the top. Thank you government. I know that's supposed to go away next year, but of course, uh, of course, the uh, majority in the House and the and the uh, quasi majority in the Senate, the fifty plus VP in the Senate, would like to make that child care tax credit permanent. That is that is a, a key part of the of the of the struggle over the budget uh, right now. Um, that is that is the impact that it's going. The impact that it's having may be greater on women uh, for that and may be causing them to step away from the labor force. How likely is it that they're going to return whenever case rates are eventually trending down and we don't have to see Dr. Fauci on the television anymore and so forth? When is that going to happen? Or has it permanently changed that? Likewise. Since we know the impact of, of COVID is greater as you age, you know, kids under 18 simply don't, don't die from it. A very, very tiny fraction of them die from it. Those between 18 and 49, it seems to be not terribly impactful. It's only after you get after age 50 and particularly after age 70 where it looks like it has, it, where you have some, you, you have some issues. Remember, a significant piece of the growth of the labor force in this last decade came from the fact that older people were willing to work longer because health technology had stayed caught up, stayed caught up and actually allowed them to work longer. People think, just as Narnfan has tweeted out, even the vaccines that we're giving them may not and there's question about whether or not it stops transmission. It may, in fact, be that people who are vaccinated will get it, but get milder cases. There are other data that indicate you get it less. Um, the fact of the matter is we haven't had enough time to really test it enough. We don't. The, the evidence is still in process is the way I like to describe it. And that does not mean that, that I think the vaccines, the vaccines are useless. I think the vaccines are tremendously useful. They've changed my behavior. And it's not necessarily because I don't think I'm going to get it. I just think if I get it, my case is going to be a lot milder. Um, that, and, and that's what matters to me. 
But what happens if all of a sudden people who are 55 plus look at that and they say, look, the stock market's doing well. I have increased risk if I stay out in the, in the workplace every day a little bit more. Maybe I'm going to step back. Maybe I'm going to go ahead and go to part-time or I'm going to find one of them, one of them work from home. And, and I want to read you a little bit. After, I'm going to, let's take a break here. When I come back, I want to read you a little bit of a post I read uh, that I tweeted out this morning from Joy Buchanan. Her post is really, really interesting and, and talking about this issue of what happens to labor supply in this, in this market as we see it right now. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. It's to end at a grilling season, and Premier Pool and Spa has huge deals right now on all their Louisiana grills. No way. You mean like when they sell the toques for cheap during the spring because you don't really need them to cover your noggin when the weather's warming up, right? Absolutely correct, bro. Oh, but wait a minute. Fall's like prime smoking season. You can still grill and smoke year-round with the Louisiana Grill, right? You know it. The Louisiana Pellet Grill from Premier Pool and Spa is both a grill and a smoker. And they got these amazing winter smoker covers, so you can even use them when it's like below zero. So the grilling season never really ends, but I still get those low-end-of-season prices, right? You got it, plus a free 40-pound bag of pellets with your purchase and free bucket liners and a fancy grill cover if you buy one at the top-of-the-line models. Hey, so don't wait. Get your own Made in America Louisiana Grill at end-of-season prices, plus all those extra goodies at Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen. Louisiana Grills, you deserve it. Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand? And it's all free. Visit My Three Quotes online. That's My Three Quotes. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Want to enroll your child in Christian school for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com has joined with area private schools to offer half-price tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. 
We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. His job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not. Welcome back to King Bang Show, the Biz 1440. Final few minutes of the show today. Um, I, I was thinking about this. I'm going to read this to you. This is um, um, Joy Buchanan uh, on a website that I just discovered a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago that I think is wonderful called Economist Writing Every Day. It's a it's a group blog and it's just it's it's fabulous. Uh, I like I like what I I like what I read here, um, and so consider it recommended. Um, you know, and, and after going through the whole bit about you know. COVID's been hard, particularly on women. Labor force participation rate for women has fallen much more than men. We've all established that. Um, I'm remind, she writes, I am reminded of two very different sources who claimed before 2019 that what we had in the early 21st century was not sustainable. First, there were agitators for the $15 minimum wage. They marched in the streets while leading Democrats voiced approval. They were pointing out that families in America who depend on $8 an hour jobs do not feel like they have a part of the American dream. Someone who I'm certain would be against that that minimum wage was also pointing this out. Tyler Cowen published Averages Over in 2013 when the unemployment rate was still high following the Great Recession. The first chapter is called Work and Wages. Tyler was concerned that market forces were creating a world where some people have the best jobs that humanity has ever conceived of by virtue of their compatibility with intelligent machines, while the rest of the workforce is left with jobs that are not so great. At the time, I don't think people realized how many jobs could be done from the comfort of home or from a hip coffee shop. COVID exposed that. The not-so-great jobs feel especially crappy when you know that people in your city get paid six figures to sit at a laptop. Um... I think the point is um, the the point is we, she if you if you look at the at the at the marketplace I, I what I've noticed is is my own reaction to this which I characterize by and I know I talked about this on the sh- on the King Banyan show here before that during the during the period when we didn't have vaccines when I was on, when I was thinking, there's much higher risk to me going to the store. I was using Instacart pretty regularly, and I loved it. I loved it. But one of the things I did was out of out of a sense of gratitude, I sent whenever I whenever I used them, I sent the driver a note, and and up the tip. An extra, an extra ten percent, to say, "Hey, thank you so much for doing this for me because you're allowing me to feel safe." Right? I think people, some people have done it, but I suspect now less and less people. I mean, it was a way to make money when you didn't have another choice, but I'm not sure people are still doing it. And I think that's really impacted where the equilibrium is in this economy. That the equilibrium is lower because some people have looked at it and said. My job really, you know, my job really sucks. Okay, labor supply, and so labor supply, I think, has fallen. 
And this is the point that I think the people in the economy, I think the people in Washington who are saying we need more stimulus or we need to continue the child tax credit are ignoring. I think, I think a lot of people out there are ignoring. And I want to connect this to what we're going to talk about next week with, with monetary policy by playing just a little clip of this. This was John Cochran. I'm just going to play this for you. This was on the Goodfellows podcast put out by the Hoover Institution. Uh, on this, this was recorded Wednesday and says this about monetary policy. Play cut number eight, please. That's kind of funny. You know, Powell has, has been very sensible on many things, but he sort of said, oh, this is a supply problem. It's not about us. No, exactly. The Federal Reserve's job is to say, well, here's how much the supply can do. So we'll get the demand up to it, but not more than it. And this just looks like a classic case of demand is more than it's not just supply chains. Every business in the country is having trouble hiring workers. There's a tremendous labor shortage right now. That's just good old fashioned. There's more people wanting to buy stuff than there's stuff that the economy can produce. And how long will that last? I think it's going to last a while. We're not good at predicting the future. <laughs> I agree with Joy and uh, Joy's post. I encourage you to go back through our Twitter feed at using the hashtag pound KBRS to find it. Uh, but I think I think we're we're in a world where perhaps we've permanently shifted what we can produce potentially in this economy. And and so if that is the case, if we are in a world where we produce fewer goods and services. We're way too much money in this system right now, and we need to slow it down. And we're going to talk about that next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sean, for your work. We'll visit again next week here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack attack, oh, Rack Shack barbecue. Make fresh daily Searching for ways to strengthen your daily walk? Visit Crosswalk.com. From devotionals to Christian living topics, movie reviews to marriage and financial articles, and so much more, the intersection of faith and life, Crosswalk.com. The division of Salem Media Group. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend 
the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.